Good evening. How's everybody doing tonight? So, let me start off by asking you guys a question. Do you think a soldier would go to war without his weapon? Or would a soldier go to battle without a weapon that he's not trained with? It sounds crazy, doesn't it? It wouldn't make any sense. But it's not as crazy as you think. Will you guys please do me a favor and raise up your swords if you do have them? Now see, some people are making the exact same mistake that I just said. They don't have their sword. They don't have their weapon. And I'm going to give you some reasons why it's not good that you don't have your weapon. First of all, the Bible is our law as Christians, and we need to know what it says so we know what to do as Christians. So we please open your swords to 2 Timothy 2, verse 15. 2 Timothy 2, 15. Which reads, Be diligent to present yourselves approved to God, a workman who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. We are to be diligent. How do we do this? We have to study to be approved to God. We have to study his word so that we can be approved to God. But studying is not just for our benefit. We can't just study and be like, oh, that's all I have to do. It's for other people too. We have to be able to explain and defend why we do certain things. Now will you please turn to 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15. 1 Peter 3:15, which says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and always be ready to give a defense to anyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you, with meekness and fear. We always have to be ready to give an answer to why we believe what we believe. We have to be able to tell other Christians or non-Christians why we worship this way and why we worship God. Lastly, this book is our hope. If we don't study this book, if we don't dig deep into God's word, we have no hope of going to heaven. We please turn to Hebrews 11, verse 6. Hebrews 11, verse 6. Which says, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So, what does this say? We have to diligently seek God. How do we do that? We have to dig into his word. We have to know what it says. And what, do we, what does it say will happen if we do that? He will reward us. We will get a reward in the end if we study his word. So, why should we study our Bible? Uh, to sum this all up, I believe 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 explains that. Will you please turn there? 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. And this verse says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God, and is profitable for doctrine, for a poof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. This can solve all of our problems. Reading this book can solve all of our problems. So why wouldn't you read it? Why would you not try to solve your problems? So, do you open your Bible enough? Does your Bible look like this up here? Does it have dust on it? It shouldn't. And even if you do open it every day, that's great, that's awesome. But... That can't be all you do. You can't open your Bible, read it every day, and say, I'm done. That's all I have to do. No, that can't be all you have to do. There is more to it. And now Josh is going to talk to us about opening your eyes. Tonight I'll be talking about our eyes. Tonight my topic is our eyes. As we think about our eyes, I want to tell you a story about two men. Both men were, were on their way to work one day. The first man was driving down the road, and he received a text message. 
He takes his eye off the road just for a moment to see who the text was from, and he swerves off the road. As he as he looks back up, luckily he was able to correct the car and get back on the road before he wrecked, before wrecking. The second man also receives a text message, but he chooses to read it. And while he was driving, while he was driving, he usually reads mess, reads his text messages, so he thought it was it was okay. But this time he reads his me- the text message, and he takes his eyes off the road, and he crosses over into the other lane and takes the life of not only himself but the one he hit. As we keep this story in mind, we can relate this to us as Christians. Please turn with me to James 1, 23 through 25. James 1, 23 through 25. And it says, For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what... Sorry. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he, who, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into a perfect law of liberty and continues in it, and is not a, for, a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this is one who will, who will be blessed in what he does. As we think about the first man, he, looked, he took his eyes off the road for a second, but he was able to correct the car. How many of us come to church, listen to the lessons, do, do the Bible, attend Bible classes, and try to stay involved? As we leave this church building, we go out to the world, we strive to make right decisions and live the best Christian life we can. But there are times that we become distracted by the word and we take our eyes off the reward just like the man took his eyes off the road for a second. Please turn with me to Matthew 7, 13-14. Matthew seven thirteen through 14. And it reads, Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to, to destruction. For there are many who go in by it, because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to, to life, and there are few who find it. As we, as, we read the, as we read here, the road is narrow and those who who are on the path, go, go to heaven. For the, the first man was able to correct his mistakes, and we as Christians are able to do the same. When we, reali- when we realize we have sinned against God, we need to take the opportunities to correct our mistakes. Now, let's, look, let's take a look at the second man. As we read, read earlier in James 1, 23-25, these verses also help, help us see the danger of taking our eyes off the road. As we think about the second man, even though he was, he also took his eyes off the road for a second, he got so distracted that he didn't have time to correct his mistakes, and it only took his, but not only took his life, but the, but the life of others. How many of us attend church, listen to lessons, attend Bible classes, and try to stay involved? But like the first man, the world pulls us, pulls at us. We don't think about the danger of how it can attend our lives because we believe that we are strong. After all, how can you just miss one service here and there keep keep us from going to heaven? But then we begin missing services because we have to have to get homework finished or we are so busy with sports, sport events, and we just can't take the time to, to worship. 
how many of us have jobs and allow that and allow the job to become more important than serving God. After all, missing every now and then for whatever reason will not put us in danger. Please turn with me to 1 Corinthians 10, verse 12. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 12. And it reads, Therefore let him who thinks he, he stands take need lest he fall. Just like the second man, thinking he could read the, te- the text message and nothing would happen. All it took was a split second for, of taking his eyes off the road and allowing the distractions to become more important than watching to see where you were going. When we as Christians, those choose to follow the wide road, as we read in Matthew 7, 13 through 14, we lose sight of God by choosing this road. We can also influence others to go down the road with us. We not only pull our souls, put our souls in danger, but we can also put others in danger as well. Just like the second man, he didn't mean to cause harm to the other person in the vehicle, but he did. If we don't take the opportunity given to giving to get back on the track, at some point these opportunities will run out. How does God see you today? Please turn with me to Hebrews 11:16. Hebrews 11:16, and it says, "But now they desire a better that is a heavenly country. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for He has prepared a city for them." Is God ashamed of my decisions made in life, or is He proud of the decisions I make in my life or your life? So. Which driver are you? Are you the one who loses sight of God but comes back to Him? Or are you the one that loses sight of God and thinks you have plenty of opportunities to get back in the, on the narrow way? Testing and driving. It can wait. But God can't. And now Justin, or Aiden, will talk to you about the mouth. Tonight, I will be bringing you the third part of this lesson. I will be talking about opening our mouths. I'd like to start off by telling you just a couple fun facts. Did you know that on average, a man talks about 3,000 words a day? However, a woman talks around 7,000 words a day. Both genders say somewhere from 1,300,000 to 2,100,000 words every year. That's a lot of words. Now I'd like to ask you a question. How many of these almost two million words are telling someone about God or converting someone to Christianity or maybe guiding our soul back to the church? If you have your swords with you, I'd like you to turn to Psalms chapter 71, verse 8. Psalms chapter 71, verse 8. It reads, My mouth is filled with your praise and with your glory all the day. This passage is saying that our mouths can be filled with praise for God all the time. But the big question is, are we opening them? Psalms 96.3 says, Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. We are told to tell of his glory and his marvelous works to everyone we know. Mark 16.15 says, And he said to them, Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Jesus is telling the disciples to go proclaim the gospel unto the whole world. 
Would you turn to Matthew chapter 28, verse 19? Matthew chapter 28, verse 19. It says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Jesus is telling the disciples to go make disciples of all nations. Jesus is stressing to the disciples and to us that we must spread the word to everyone that we know. J.D. talks about that we're given the Bible. We can open it and look and make sure and know what to teach others and make sure that what we're teaching is right. Josh talked about opening our eyes so we can see those who need to be taught. And he also gives us the mouth in which if we open our Bibles and open our eyes, we can then open our mouth to preach God's word to all that we can. However, this job is not easy. A couple of months ago, some of us from the youth group went on a mission trip down to New Orleans. We knocked on doors and taught VBS to young children. When we went to door knocking, it was kind of scary because we were in a place we had never been before. Then we taught kids about God and sketches and science. Even though it's sometimes difficult, he commands us to do this, as I mentioned in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19. Jesus told us to go out and make disciples of all nations. It's difficult, but if we do this, more souls will have a better chance of understanding God's word and maybe one day go into heaven. So, uh, I've got a question for you. Did you guys know that God loves you? I mean, think about it. Romans 5.8 says, But God shows his love for us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Now both of these verses have the same message, and it's stated pretty plain. God loves us. He loves us so much that he let his own son, his own son, die for us so that we may inherit the kingdom of heaven. I mean, that right there, that that's love. I mean, see, if you guys didn't really know this, a lot of people, they didn't really survive that scourging process which Jesus went through. See, he was beaten with bits of jagged clay. Flesh was ripped from his body, tearing his skin, causing him great amounts of pain. And not only that, he had to carry that heavy cross under all of that pain all the way to Golgotha where he was put on that cross. And on that very cross, he was hung there for six hours. Now, I don't know about y'all, but I would have been crying like a little girl after that scourge and I wouldn't have been able to make it to that cross. But being serious here, to send your son to die on a cruel, miserable death such as crucifixion for us, that's love. Now, down to the meat and potatoes, he loves us, 
But I had a question for you. Do you guys love him back? Do you love him? I mean, I know that we can't love him as much as he loves us because his love is so immeasurable compared to what we are capable. I mean, as I just said, he gave his own son for us. Now, I don't know about all you fathers and mothers out there. I don't know how hard it would be because I'm not a father yet. I don't know how hard it would be to send your own son to the slaughter. But I can have a pretty good image in my head. None of us could do that. None of us could send our son to the cross. None of us could kill our son. He loved us so much that he did that for us. Think about that. His love is just so immeasurable compared to what we're capable of. And that's what's so awesome. But do you accept that awesome love? Do you accept that Jesus died on that cross so that we may be saved? So, I don't know about you guys, but if someone's willing to save me from eternal uh, suffering, I'm taking that offer. I'm taking it to the grave. I will not turn that down. I don't want to go to hell. As Josh was talking about earlier, say you got that text. If you look back up and you actually pay attention to where you're going, you don't lose sight. That's the road you need to be heading for. But if you look down and you stay looking down, you don't look where you're going, you're going down this road right here. If you don't look back up, you will be going down this road. I don't think anybody wants to go down that road. That road right there, as you can see, it goes up. That's a tough hill to climb. We all know it is. But we will make it. If you stay true to it, you will make it up that road. But you have to open your heart. You have to open your heart to God and accept the love that He gives you. That door to your heart right there, it needs to be open wide. Otherwise, God's love can't enter. If it's open, God can offer you His love when you feel weak and lonely. When you need forgiveness and when you're sad, He can be there for you. But only if you open your heart to Him. If you open your heart to Him, He can help you. But only if you let Him in. So what are you waiting for? Why don't you open that door? Why don't you open that door to your heart as wide as it can go? In fact, break the hinges. Kick the door down. Leave it open. Don't ever shut that door. Otherwise, God's love can't enter in.
leave it open. Why don't you open your Bible to study His Word? Open your eyes. See what He's done. See that He created everything. Open your mouth. Speak His Word. Tell everybody. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Tell that weird kid at school. Tell everyone about God. And lastly, open your heart and accept His love tonight as we stand and sing.